Welcome to Zichud Afsim Manimem of Avram Goldai and Dirim Rezekhan Zivamas, Daf Peva, the ninth parak, Yesh Mutaros. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara initially suggested that the Mishnah Daf Pehe Amabes, that stated that Abbas Yisrael may not eat Maisa Rishon, even if she's betrothed to a Levi, nor may Abbas Levi eat it if she's betrothed to a Yisrael, is going according to Rabbi Meir, who holds that Maisa Rishon is Asr to Zarim. The Gemara here asks what Rabbi Meir's source is, and Rabbi Achabred Rabba reported a tradition that he had received going back to Rabbi Meir himself. The Pasuk states, Ki es Maisa Bnei Yisrael she'yarimu Hashem Truma. For the mice of the Jewish people that they will designate to Hashem as Truma, I've given to the Levim as an inheritance. By describing Meiser as Truma, the Pasuk is teaching, Mad Truma Asura Lazarim, Af Meiserishon Asura Lazarim. Just as Truma is forbidden to Zarim, so too Meiserishon is forbidden to Zarim. The Rabban who hold that Meiserishon is muta to Zarim explained the Pasuk to teach, Mad Truma Tovelas, Af Meiserishon Nami Tovel. Just as Truma affects the law of Tevel, which Rashi explains to mean that if someone eats Tevel where Truma has not been separated, he's Chayv Misa Bidei Shamayim. So too, if one eats table where Meiser Rishon has not been separated, he is Chayv Misa Bidei Shamayim. Point number two is taught in a Brisa, Truma Lakon Meiser Rishon Lelevi, Divrei Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says that Truma is given only to a Kohen, and Meiser Rishon is only given to a Levi. But Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah says, Lekohen, that Meiser Rishon is given to a Kohen, which is understood to mean that it can also be given to a Kohen. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Kiva's reason is that the Pasuk states that to the Levim shall you speak and you shall say to them when you take Meiser. The Pasuk is specifically addressing Levim. Rabbi Gaza ben Azari would respond and explain the Pasuk in light of what Rabbi Yeshub ben Levi said. In 24 places in Tanakh, Kohanim are called Levim and this Pasuk would be one of them. Rabbi Kiva did not interpret the Pusik this way because the Pusik here states, You may eat it, referring to the Miser, anywhere. This Pusik is referring to someone who can eat it anywhere, which excludes a Kohen who cannot eat it in a cemetery. The Gemara continues with how Rebbe Lezben Azariah would respond. And pointing with you, the Gemara here teaches that the reason the Levim were penalized regarding Miser Rishon is because they did not ascend from Bavel to Eretz on the days of Ezra. Rabbi Yonatan and the elders disagree on the nature of the penalty. One holds Kanselanim, the penalty required that Meiser be given to the poor, which the Mepharshim explained means that it may also be given to the poor. This would deprive the Levim of some of the Meiser. The other one holds Kohanim be made to Masan Anim Ninu. When Kohanim are Tame, they are poor because they cannot eat Truma then, so Ezra decreed that Meiser be given to them. The Gemara brings a source that the Levim did not ascend in the days of Ezra, for it's written, I gathered them at the flowing river at the Ahava, and we camped there for three days. I then examined the people on the Kohanim, Ubine Levi, Lomitsasisham, but I couldn't find no Levim there. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara initially suggested that the Mishan da Pehe Amabes, that stated that Abbas Yisrael may not eat Maiserishon, even if she's betrothed to a Levi, nor may Abbas Levi eat it if she's betrothed to Yisrael, is going according to Rabbi Meir, who holds up Maiserishon as Asr to Zarim. The Gemara here asks what Rabbi Meir's source is, and Rav Achabred Rabbah reported a tradition that he had received going back to Rabbi Meir himself. The Pasuk states, Ki es mais Hashem truma. For the mice of the Jewish people that they will designate to Hashem as Truma, I have given to the Levim as an inheritance. By describing Meiser as Truma, the Pasuk is teaching, Mad Truma Asura Lazarim, Af Meiserishon Asura Lazarim. Just as Truma is forbidden to Zarim, so too Meiserishon is forbidden to Zarim. The Rabban who hold that Meiserishon is muta to Zarim explained the Pasuk to teach, Mad Truma Tovelas, Af Meiserishon Nami Tovel. Just as Truma affects the law of Tevel, which Rashi explains to mean that if someone eats Tevel where Truma has not been separated, he's Chayv Misa Bidei Shamayim. So too, if one eats Tevel where Meiser Rishon has not been separated, he is Chayv Misa Bidei Shamayim. Point number two is taught in a Brisa, Truma Lakon Meiser Rishon Lelevi, 
Divrei Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says that Truma is given only to a Kohen, and Maiserishon is only given to a Levi. But Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah says, Le Kohen, that Maiserishon is given to a Kohen, which is understood to mean that it can also be given to a Kohen. The Gemara explains that Rabbi Akiva's reason is that the Pusik states, To the Levim shall you speak, and you shall say to them, When you take Maiser. The Pusik is specifically addressing Levim. Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah would respond and explain the Pusik in light of what Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said. In 24 places in Tanakh, Kohanim are called Levim, and this Pasuk would be one of them. Rabbi Kiva did not interpret the Pasuk this way because the Pasuk here states, You may eat it, referring to the Miser, anywhere. This Pasuk is referring to someone who can eat it anywhere, which excludes a Kohen who cannot eat it in the cemetery. The Gemara continues with how Rebbe Lezman Azariah would respond. And pointing with you, the Gemara here teaches that the reason the Levim were penalized regarding Maiser Rishon is Shekanta Shulah Al Ezra, because they did not ascend from Babel to Eretz on the days of Ezra. Rebbe and the elders disagree on the nature of the penalty. One holds Kansala Nim. The penalty required that Maiser be given to the poor, which the Mepharshim explained means that it may also be given to the poor. This would deprive the Levim of some of the Maiser. The other one holds Kohani be made to Masan Anim Ninu. When Kohanim are tame, they are poor, because they cannot eat truma then, so Ezra decreed that might be given to them. The Gemara brings the source that the Levim did not ascend in the days of Ezra, for it's written, I gathered them at the flowing river at the Ahava, and we camped there for three days. I then examined the people on the Kohanim, Ubenei Levi, Lomitzasisham, but I couldn't find no Levim there. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara initially suggested that the Mishan Dapehe Amabes, that stated that Abbas Yisrael may not eat Maiserishon, even if she's betrothed to a Levi, nor may Abbas Levi eat it if she's betrothed to Yisrael, is going according to Rabbi Meir, who holds up Maiserishon as Aser to Zarim. All right, so now we got our Simmer Dapehe Vav, and our standard Simmon is Police. Police. So here goes. The Maiserishon Police, who prevented Maiserishon from being given to Zarim, as well as to Kohanim, to the delight of the Levim, received a message from police headquarters that the Levim were penalized and to distribute the Miser instead to the poor. So once again, slow motion. The Maiserishon Police, police, that must be learned off, pay vav. The Maiserishon Police, who prevented Maiserishon from being given to Zarim, which reminds us that Rehmer's source that Maiserishon is asked to Zarim is the passage that states, Kes Maiser b'nei Yisrael asher yerimu l'ashem truma, for the Maiser of the Jewish people that they will designate to Hashem as truma, I have given to the Levim as an inheritance. By describing Maiser as truma, the passage is teaching, Ma truma asur l'zarim, af Maiserishon asur l'zarim, just as truma is forbidden to Zarim, so too Maiserishon is forbidden to Zarim. The Rabbanan who hold that Maiserishon is mutter to Zarim explain the passage to Teach Matruma Tovelis of my Sarishan Nami Tovel, just as Truma affects the law of Tevel, which Rashi explains to mean that if someone eats Tevel where Truma has not been separated, he's Chai Misibide Shemaim, so too if one eats Tevel where my Sarishan has not been separated, he is Chai Misibide Shemaim. So the my Sarishan police who prevented my Sarishan from being given to Zarim, as well as to Kahani, to the delight of the Levim, which reminds us that more explains that Rabbi Kiva's source that my Sarishan may only be given to Levim is the Pasuk that states, to the Levim shall you speak, and you shall say to them when you take Miser. The Pasuk is specifically addressing Levim. Rebbe ben Azariah, who holds that Miser Rishon may also be given to Kohanim, would respond and explain the Pasuk in light of what Rabbi Yishuv Levi said. In 24 places in Tanakh, Kohanim are called the Levim, and this Pasuk would be one of them. So, the Maiser Rishon police who prevented Maiser Rishon from being given to Zarim, as well as to Kohanim to the delight of the Levim, received a message from police headquarters that the Levim were penalized and to distribute the Maiser instead to the poor.
Which reminds us, Rabbi Yonasan and the elders disagree on the nature of the penalty to the Levim, who did not ascend from Babel regarding Maeser Rishon. One who holds Kansalanim, the penalty required the Maeser be given to the poor, which the Mepharshim explained means that it may also be given to the poor. This would deprive the Levim of some of the Maeser. The other one holds that Kohanim be made to Masan Anin Ninu. When Kohanim are Tame, they are poor because they cannot eat Truma then, so as a decree, the Maeser be given to them. So once again, the Maeser Rishon police who prevented Maeser Rishon from being given to Zarim, as well as to Kohanim, to the delight of the Levim, received a message from police headquarters that the Levim were penalized and to distribute the Meiser instead to the poor. All right, now it's time for four blah Daf pay base. So the simon daf pay base is peanut butter. So here goes. The boy who got peanut butter, peanut butter, that must be on daf pay base. The boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chuan and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes, which reminds us that more questions whether Ryokan really holds truma nowadays is a derisa. Based on a price that taught that if two boxes of grain, chuan and truma, fell into two other boxes, one of chuan and one of truma, we can assume that the chuan fell into the chuan and the truma fell into the truma. And Rabbi Yochanan says this law applies even if the chuan grain in the chulun box was not more than the truma in the sock container. Now, if Rabbi Yochanan holds that truma nowadays is a deraisa, how can he not require rove to be mavato? Rabbi Yochanan answers that the brisa is the rabban who holds that truma nowadays is only the rabban, and his earlier statement was in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, who says that nowadays truma is a deraisa. So the boy who got peanut butter over two boxes of chulun and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw, which reminds us they more asked. Rabbi Yochan really holds that rove is not required to be mavato other abundant iser. For it was taught in the Mishnah if a mikvah contains exactly 40 saw of water, one put in a saw of other liquids and then removed a saw of the mixture. The mikvah is still valid and it was said in the Rabbi Yochanan, this procedure of adding a saw of water and removing a saw may be repeated ad rubo up until the majority of the mikvah. Doesn't this mean that the majority of the mikvah water remained? And since Maim Shauvim, drawn water is only at the Rabbanim Sul for a mikvah, this implies the Ryokan requires rove to be mavato other abundant iser. The great answer is that what is meant is that we should not remove a majority of the mikvah water, but an equal amount of mikvah water is enough to be mavato the Rabbanim Sul. Alternatively, we could say that Rabbi Yochan does require rov, but in the case of the boxes of grain and chulun, we may rely on the leaning assumption that the chulun fell into the chulun and the truma fell into the truma. So the boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chulun and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw until he dropped and broken in fright when he saw an androgynous Marry a woman. Which reminds us, on Daf Pei Alf Amanam, Rabbi Yochan and argued whether Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that androgynous is a definite male or a suffix male. The Gemara challenges Rabbi opinion that he's a suffix male for the mission stated androgynous no say. An androgynous marries a woman, which implies a And the Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold he's a definite male. The Gemara continues to challenge Rabbi Yochan's position as well. Daf Pei Gimel, so the similar Daf Pei Gimel is a pogo stick. So here goes. The farmer who uses pogo stick, pogo stick, that must be more on Daf Pei Gimel. The farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and grab a branch on a tree 44 days before Shaviz, which reminds us, Gemara Gis Mishnai's where Yosem and Rishim issued rulings together and the lacha goes according to them. One of them being in terms of Archava, grafting. The one does not graft a branch on a tree two weeks before Shaviz, which is understood to mean 44 days before Shaviz, since the 30 days before Shaviz are already ushered to the Malacha because of Tosva Shaviz. So the farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and graft a branch on a tree 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tum-tum neighbor's grain. Which reminds us, Shmuel said the halakhas of Rabbi regarding Kiddush, rendering produce unfit regarding Klein. For it was taught in Mishnah and Klein, Rabbi Meir says one who spreads his vine 
over the standing grain of his friend has rendered the grain unfit as Klai Kerem and as Chai for its loss. Rabbi Yosri, Rabbi Shimon say, A person cannot render something prohibited unless it belongs to him. And Tosos explains that this principle only applies with prohibitions that require intent, such as Kalim. But in cases that do not require intent, such as one putting Chalav or Nevela in his friend's pot of meat, the food certainly becomes forbidden. So the farmer uses pogo stick to jump up and grab a branch on a tree. 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tumtum neighbor's grain, who was distracted while being informed he should not perform chalitza. Which reminds us that Rabbi Yudo holds that a tumtum whose genital covering was torn open and found to be a male should not perform chalitza because he's a sriz vadai, a definite sriz. Whereas the son of Yosef Rabbi said that a tumtum is only a suffix sriz. The nafkamina between them is to disqualify the yavama for yibum, when there are other brothers, and to perform chalitza when there are no other brothers. According to Rabbi Yudu, who holds that he's a sris vadai, his act of chalitza has no validity, and she still may be taken in Yibum by the other brothers, whereas according to Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda, it may have a validity if he's not a sris chama. If there are no other brothers, Rabbi Yudu says she does not require chalitza from him, whereas according to Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda, she does since he might not be a sris chama. Daf Peidolz, the similar Daf Peidolz, is a launch pad. So here goes. The Kona Yod astronaut getting married to the Almana on his launch pad. Launch pad? That must mean we're on Duff. Pay Dalid. The Kona Yod astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad while his brother the Kohen Gadol stood by, which reminds us, the opening mission of the ninth pair presents four categories of women. The first category being those who are permitted to their husbands and prohibited to their Yavams. The first case is Kon Hedyot Shinasas Almana Vieshulach Kohen Gadol, a Kon Hedyot who married an Almana and he has a brother who's a Kohen Gadol. The Gmore addresses why the mission said he was married to a widow when it could have said that he did Kedushin with her and she would still be forbidden to the Yavam who is a Kohen Gadol. So the Kon Hedyot astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad while his brother the Kohen Gadol stood by was interrupted by a Basula who climbed up and asked, why he didn't marry her? Which reminds us. The Gemara continues to challenge the first example of the mission and asks why the first case is that of an Almana, least named Basul. Let it state she was a Basul who had never been married since she will become an Almana when the Konhedyo dies. So the Konhedyo astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad while his brother the Kohen Gadol stood by was interrupted by a Basula who climbed up and asked why he didn't marry her. And he told her that as a Kohen she could marry the Chala working in the control tower. Which reminds us, Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav, Eligible women, referring to the daughters of Kahanim, are not prohibited to be married to Basuim, such as Chalolim. Rav and Bar Yitzhak's challenge to Rav's ruling is rebuffed. Daf Pehei. So the Simon Daf Pehei is associated to a mouth and we use a dentist. So here goes. The Kohen God who was way overseas lecturing in a dental convention. Dental convention? Dentist? That must be on Daf Pehei. Mouth. So the Kohen Gadol who was away overseas lecturing at a dental convention when he got a call that his Almana wife had taken out a loan to cover her Mazonos, which reminds us, if an Almana married a Kohen Gadol or a Grusha or a Chalutza married a Kohen Hedyot, do they have the right to sustenance or not when the husband went overseas and she borrowed money and used it to support herself? Yochan answered that while she can claim the Ksuba itself, which is collected upon leaving the marriage, she cannot claim Mazonos, which might cause her to stay with him. So the Kohen Gadol, who was away overseas lecturing at a dental convention, when he got a call that his Almana wife had taken out a loan to cover her Mazonos, 
over at a dentist tell his Shnia wife that she was not going to receive her ksuba like her Almana friend got from the Kohen Gadol. Which reminds us, it was taught in a bright an Almana to a Kohen Gadol or a Grusha or Kahutsa to a Kohen Hedya that she receives her ksuba, peros, mazonos, and worn out garments referring to garments that she brought into the marriage she may take with her when the marriage ends. Whereas Shniyos receive none of them. The Brisa brings three explanations for the distinction. Rebbe says the distinction is the case of the Almana to a Kohen Gadol is that the Raisa, and the Raisa law does not require Chizuk, whereas a Durabban, like Shneos, does require Chizuk. So the Kohen Gadol was away overseas lecturing at a dental convention when he got a call that his Almana wife had taken out a loan to cover her Mazonos. Overheard a dentist tell a Shnia wife that she was not going to receive her Ksuba like her Almana friend got from the Kohen Gadol, since she was the one who persuaded him to get married. Which reminds us, the Brides have brought a third explanation why the Almana to a Kohen Gadol receives a Ksuba, whereas the Shnia does not. In the case of the Almana to a Kohen Gadol, Zehu Margila, it's the man who persuades the woman to marry him. A woman would not want to enter a marriage which disqualifies her, her husband, and her children, and where her husband would be angry with her, that she caused a psal for him and his children. In the case of the Shnia, Zohi Margilaso, it's she that persuades the man to marry her. Since the marriage will not disqualify her, her husband, or her children, she has nothing to lose, and therefore persuades him. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichu, wishing you a great day and great learning.